When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Hey, welcome into Purple Daily. Before we dive into this episode, an analytical look at the Vikings. A quick word for Federated Insurance. Thank you to Federated for standing behind Purple Daily, just like they stand behind business owners here in the state of Minnesota during a tumultuous year. If you are a business owner and you want frontline protection and risk management tools, stop by federatedinsurance.com to find your team's representative, or I should say your local representative. And remember it, Federated Mutual Insurance Company, it's our business to protect yours. All right, welcome in to Purple Daily. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolget, Declan Goff producing. And just a quick thank you to Dennis Kirk, DennisKirk.com for supporting Score North and Purple Daily. If you are a bike rider of any kind, whether you ride a Harley, Cruiser, Sport Bike, Dirt Bike, or any other type of motorcycle, they've got what you need. And they have parts available to be shipped. Order by 8 p.m. today. Get it tomorrow. And remember, $89 orders ship free at DennisKirk.com. And uh, we're pumped here because we are football geeks. We are analytical geeks on the show. And Aaron Schatz is the creator and head of FootballOutsiders.com. He is essentially, and, and Football Outsiders, you can consider the OG of football analytics on the internet going back a number of years. And the 2020 Football Outsiders Almanac is out right now. Almost 300 pages of football stats, information, and projections injected into your veins, Vikings fans. You can order at FootballOutsiders.com. And remember, a portion of every Football Outsiders Almanac sold will go to benefit the United Way Worldwide COVID-19 Community Response and Recovery Fund. Aaron, thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me on. Actually, it's 500 pages. (laughs) That's amazing. Our book is good for killing mosquitoes. Not only contains football information, it also kills all those nasty bugs around your house. Perfect. It's a dual-purpose book. It's amazing. If you're short like me, you can can stand on it. Yes. So let's. I want to start out with sort of a broad question before we drill down on some different Vikings and, and football things. Uh, how do how do you and how do football outsiders view in general the Vikings in 2020? Because it's like they they drafted 15 rookies. They're still in a win now window with their coach, with their quarterback, but they're in sort of a transition period. So how, how would you view the Vikings heading into 2020? I think our, the summary of the chapter and the summary of how we see the Vikings is transition year. That I mean, they may be in a win-now mentality, but they're not in the best place to win now. The, the salary cap piper kind of finally came and asked to be paid, and they did it, <laughs> and they did it well. They're a well-managed franchise, and there's a lot of young talent there that's going to need to grow and develop over the next couple of years. 
but that this is sort of a retrenchment year, very likely, where they come back to the pack and then their next big window of opportunity starts in 2021. What does the transition year mean, though? Because this league is weird, and weird things happen. And being, this year is going to be the right. Weirdest. So, so like when if if you said that ordinarily about baseball, you'd say probably down year for said team, Aaron. But when we're talking about this league and to your point this year, what does that word mean to you as far as the Vikings' chances? I mean, the most likely record we have for them is 8-8, eight and eight, but our projections tend to group around 8-8 eight and eight because our projections are somewhat conservative. Uh, we have the whole division basically grouped around 8-8. Eight and eight. Uh, In our simulations, every team in the NFC North wins the division at least 23% of the time. So it's like the closest division in football. Hmm. So, I mean, we, we see them as a less likely playoff team, but... It's not, it's not out of the realm of possibility, certainly. We see the defense in particular coming back to the pack because of the talent that's been lost on the defense and a couple of sort of regression uh, stats that kind of blink loudly. Uh, they were very high last year in takeaways per drive. That tends to regress. They were the best team in the league stopping runs in short yardage. That tends to regress a little bit. So we see the defense declining, which brings the whole team back to the pack. But not, I mean, not like a rebuilding year, like a 5-11 and 11 rebuilding year, very likely. More like 8-8, eight and eight, which puts you in the playoff race in what we see as a very tight, mediocre division. Uh, Aaron, on Kirk Cousins, so I, you know, football outsiders liked but maybe didn't love Kirk Cousins in 2019, which is sort of how we feel about him watching him on a weekly basis here. And that you can justify him being a fringe top 10 quarterback with various metrics and measurements, but there's just, there, there are things that lack, mobility lacks, and, and there's some big game issues with him. So, um, when it comes to Kirk Cousins, I guess my specific question to you is, how much more room is there for him to get better, or is what we saw in 2019 sort of the ceiling for Kirk Cousins, uh, in the mind of you and football outsiders? I mean, I think by the time a quarterback reaches this age, we know what they are. Now, obviously, some guys will sometimes, there's a lot of randomness in the NFL. Guys will have amazing years out of nowhere. I think about uh, Steve Berline with like 2001 Carolina Panthers was like 37 years old and all of a sudden had by far the best season of his career. So those things happen. But for the most part, I think Kirk Cousins is exactly the guy you said. I don't think that there's a player in the NFL with a, a bigger sort of gap between how scouts see him and how advanced stats see him than Kirk Cousins, right? Because like you said, almost every advanced stat metric that's out there sees Kirk Cousins as a borderline top 10 quarterback. And yet scouts will will go in depth about how he misses throws, he misses plays, he doesn't see things, he's, he's not that great under pressure. Like they'll go on and on about his deficiencies and yet the results come out strong. So, I mean, I think he's he's better than people give him credit for, but I also don't think there's a big jump coming, especially without Stefan Diggs. I mean, he's, yes. you know, he's missing his best receiver from the last couple of years. Do you pay Dalvin Cook? No. I'm not a believer in paying running backs at all. Um, even Christian McCaffrey, who last year had the most valuable year by any running back by our numbers of the decade. It's just, you know... You know, yes, one of these times, one of these second running back contracts is going to work out. 
one of them is going to be worth it. And everybody will point to it and say, see, we told you running back <laughs> contracts are still valuable. But the fact is most of them are not. And it's, I mean, it's a complicated story because you want these guys to get paid. It's not like they don't work hard and go through a lot of, you know, they take a lot of hits. They go through a lot of violence to play the running back position. But the only way to do it in a way that's economically efficient for teams is to somehow pay running backs more on their first contract than other positions get paid. Like, it's, I'm not sure how you make that work with the Players Association, but there's just no question. Paying running backs big money on a second contract almost never works. So, so far, it basically never works. But at some point, it will work. And that's what you know, the, the Vikings are trying to figure this out with Dalvin Cook right now. And fans love him. He's obviously one of the best running backs in the NFL. But is there a way, does Football Outsiders have a way to, whether it's some sort of win value or some other metric, Alex Madison is the backup running back. He averaged four and a half yards a carry. Uh, he wasn't as dynamic, at least to the naked eye. But if the Vikings were to replace Dalvin Cook with an Alex Madison type that is fine, um, what what sort of a, it, are they losing a half win? Like what what is the impact on the actual outcome of of their record if they were to make that swap after this year? I mean, unfortunately, we don't do things that intricately to like try to declare the specific value of wins of players. But I doubt that any running back would be worth even a half win in the NFL. Madison's a good running back, right? He had a good performance last year. He had a low success rate, which means he was inconsistent from carry to carry, but he had reasonable stats overall because when he had big uh, runs, they were pretty big. So, you know, I don't think that you really lose that much by going from Cook to Madison. There just doesn't seem to be any indication in any of the research that's done that you lose that much by going to a backup running back, even when you have a guy who you think is one of the top running backs in the league. I, I go with gut. You go with facts. Tell me this. Is my gut right in saying that the Packers uh, coming off a 13-win season did not feel like a 13-win team? No. In fact, by our numbers, they were, I believe, the second lowest team in our DVOA stat to ever go 13-3. and three. Wow. So they played hey, my much gut was more right. like... <laughs> it's big. Yeah, it was right. Look at their points scored and allowed. They were much more like a 10-6 and six team. Yes. And then you look at sort of how they've performed in the past and the idea of certain... You know, the way trends work from year to year, their defense took a big improvement last year, so they likely come back a little bit. And then you look at their draft picks, and they didn't really improve the holes on the team, right? They took a quarterback, which may help them down the line. We can argue about Jordan Love. We're not big fans of his, but we can argue about that, but it's not meant to help this year. Uh, They took a running back, which they already had a really good running back, so there's really no major improvement that, that this year in that position. And they took a fullback, H-back type. Like, that's, that doesn't move the needle very much. So, you know, you have a team that, that didn't really improve much that's already going to kind of come back to previous performance and wasn't as good as their record anymore, uh, anyway last year. So that's one of the reasons why I talk about the NFC North being mediocre overall is because we have both the Packers and the Vikings coming back towards 8-8, eight and eight, and in particular the Packers because they didn't play the underlying numbers we're nowhere near as good as 13 and three. Yeah. Uh, Aaron, one thing we talk about a lot here uh, following the Vikings is we, we like Mike Zimmer. We like Gary Kubiak in general. Uh, they bring a lot of stability. We wonder if those two guys and the approach is the best way to go about 
2020 NFL football. And I know Football Outsiders does a lot of reporting and and statistical diving into percentage of run versus pass in different situations. What can you tell us about Gary Kubiak and his offensive style as it pertains to what works in 2020 in the NFL? I mean, the fact is Kubiak likes to run the ball, right? And we know that in general, the pass is more efficient than the run. And we would suggest that teams should pass the ball more. Uh, and in particular, you know, based on like, you know, what the defense is doing, you know, if the defense is putting a lot of men in the box, pass it, pass it, pass it. So you don't want Dalvin Cook slamming into an eight man box again and again. Uh, that being said, I, I mean, they have increased over the last couple of years, the amount of play action passing that they use. We're big fans of that. They've even quoted, I mean, they, you know, Kirk Cousins has talked about the fact that they did that in part because of analytics, suggesting that play action passes are really positive. Mm-hmm. So that's a, that's been a really good development. So it's sort of a little of the good and a little of the bad when it comes to sort of Kubiak play calling philosophy. I would go more pass heavy. You know, all the all the research shows you don't have to actually run the ball that much in order to make play action work. As long as there is some threat that you're going to run the ball, the play action will work. Vikings O-line in the uh, work that you have done is how good and or bad going into 2020, do you think? Well, the complication is that, you know, all the O-line stats that we have are somewhat dependent on the play on the, you know, the other players, right? Uh, we have them as sort of average run blocking, uh, a little bit better than that last year, but a little bit worse than that the year before. We have them as sort of average in pass blocking, uh, in blown blocks. Uh, they come out as a little bit below average. There were particular weaknesses at the guard positions last year. So, um, you know, I think that they're kind of an average offensive line. And you know what? I think we would probably, if, if you said average offensive yeah, line or door right number two, we would probably just say we'll, t- we'll take that yeah. in general in the, in the Twin Cities. Um, again, if you want to dive into 500 pages of football analytical glory, the 2020 Football Outsiders Almanac is available. Footballoutsiders.com and a portion of every almanac sold will go to benefit the United Way Worldwide COVID-19 Community Response and Recovery Fund. Aaron, it's been awesome talking Vikings and uh, analytics with you. We appreciate it, man. Thank you, sir. Hey, thanks for having me on, and uh, good luck to the team this year. Right on. Hopefully there's a season to have good luck. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, that is Aaron Schatz. And let's keep it right here on Purple Daily so we can react to uh, just some of the things we talked about with Aaron. Um, first and foremost, Judd, uh, from an analytical standpoint, mm-hmm. The Dalvin Cook question was very easy for Aaron to answer, which do you pay Dalvin Cook? And without hesitation, based on years and years of running back research, he said, no, don't pay him. And and I've kind of been waffling a little bit in that I, I don't want to pay him 12 or $13 million or I don't want to pay him top five running back money. But if he wants to make eight or nine million, after listening to Aaron talk, I'm even waffling on like Whoa. eight or nine million dollars. Are you really? Because I just think like if you can take short term, though, three year, three year deal. But is three years short term? Well, the NFL is three years short term. I think if you could get out after two years, I, I mean that—that's my thing—is the term. Because I'd for sure, I'd for sure do the eight million dollar deal for 2020. I think I can get through 2021. But yeah, I, I here's what I think because the the uh, league is never going to go for a rookie running back contract is this much and everybody else right. doesn't can get you, money can right you imagine oh my god here's what here's where i think this conversation the more thought i, I give this guys needs to go 
if you are an agent, you need to do what we have seen agents trying to do with tight ends of late. I need my guy to be declared positionless. McCaffrey's not a running back, really, right? I mean, he catches a ton of passes. But this is where, again, I'll go back to my question to Kubiak and company is, how are you going to use Dalvin? Because if you're going to give him the ball and he's going to pound the rock, no, 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 that does not work. But from all sides, if he's going to catch a ton of passes and he's going to run the ball and literally, and he's going to line up in the backfield, two plays, and then the slot, the third play, I literally have created a positionless player. Now I can put a value on that that I can't put on a straight running back. I really believe that this this conversation about this position, given the parameters of how we all basically say don't pay it, has to change based on the position that we call it yeah. or don't call it. Yeah, it's uh, it's t- a problem. It's tough, but I will listen. Aaron Schatz and Football Outsiders have been doing research on this exact topic for years, and for him to basically say the Vikings aren't going to lose much, just forget about money for a second. If they just go from Dalvin Cook to Alex Madison, yep, you're talking I don't know, maybe a half win over the course of a season, and then the money that you save being able to pump it into positions That's that could key. actually help you win more games. Yes. So it's tough because Dalvin Cook is amazing and no one's trying to take anything away from how great he is at his position. It's just sort of a marginalized position in the NFL. How are so. we going to describe when it's all said and done with him? How are we going to describe, given what Aaron said about Kirk Cousins, how are we going to describe Kirk? Because like everything Aaron said is what we've been saying and running through. Like this is a complicated kid. I don't think in some ways Kirk Cousins is one of the 12 best quarterbacks in the world. Potentially. Um, I don't think, I think, I think he is standing. If there's a line to be drawn of who should you be paying a super high percentage of your salary cap to in the NFL at that position? I think he is standing at the ticket off uh, the ticket window and he doesn't get my ticket. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, he's really good. Um, I am glad that the Vikings don't have just an absolute cesspool train wreck at that position like they had, you know, with Christian Ponder and you know Tavares Jackson. All the quarterbacks I've liked, yeah, pretty Matt, much like Matt Josh Castle. Freeman, yeah. Yeah. like Matt Castle. But I also think like he's he's not good enough to make that much of a percentage of the cap. Your roster building has to be so perfectly flawless around him to right. win a Super Bowl. That's the challenge. I think that Kirk is is the kid who is great in school and he gets A's and you're like, what a student. He's going to be outstanding. And then you, you throw him into a real world job and he's okay. I thought you were going to say, and then he goes off the deep end and like develops a heroin problem. No, 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 no. He is. But but I, I really think like he is parents sheltered an him. A student in, in school, in high school, in college. He gets great grades. He studies. He means well. He works hard. And you think, okay, now he's got his big job and it's going to be great. And he can't present to the CEO. Yeah, and he's something. just not that good. He's just, he's just like, like that. You like that. I'm underwhelmed. Yeah. I, don't, I don't hate the analogy. Uh, that's a wrap on this episode of Purple Daily. We thank Aaron Schatz for spreading some football geekery around the show here. And uh, we urge you to subscribe to our YouTube channel for daily Vikings content, youtube.com slash score north. And we'll see you next time.